0: If some guy comes over with that particular brand of arrogance Mm. and whatever, I I look them directly in the eye and I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah. cool. Yeah, great. Mm -hmm." And they're like, oh, uh, uh." (laughs) Um, I love this. is confusing. Confusing. This woman seems
1: strong. (laughs) Yeah. Do not comprehend. Yeah. You're listening to Feminists Don't Wear Pink the podcast based on the book Feminists Don't Wear Pink and Other Lies a collection of writing by 52 women on what feminism means to them. I'm Scarlett Curtis, I'm a writer, activist, journalist and very, very proud feminist. I'm also the curator of this book and the presenter of the podcast. During this series, I'm going to be talking to a few of the amazing contributors who've written our book to find out how they found their feminism and some of the lies that they've been told about what it means to be a woman. This week's guest is the amazing Alison Sudol. Alison is a hugely talented singer, songwriter and actress, perhaps best known for playing Queenie in the Fantastic Beasts franchise. Her new EP, Moon, is out now and it's incredible. She's kind, wise and thoughtful and when I first met her a few years ago, I was blown away by how vulnerable and strong she was. I'm excited to have her with me today and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hello, Alison. Nice to see you. (laughs) Nice to see you as well, Skylar. Um, It is amazing that we made this work. Just to be totally honest with our podcast listeners, I went to the wrong place and was very late. (laughs) And I'm also wearing a very stupid pink sparkly dress. It's not stupid. I know. It's it's actually the dress that I wore to the book launch and I was gonna pretend that I was like Miss Havisham and hadn't taken it off since the book launch (laughs) I mean if if it's gonna be any dress it should be that one I know I just wear this and I don't wash my hair and it's just pink disgusting yeah I (laughs) I have I have washed it and I have washed my hair since the book launch um so my first question which is how we begin all of our podcasts Mm -hmm. is are you a feminist yes I am. Amazing. I'm really <laughs> hoping that one day someone's like, no. No. What are you on about? <laughs> Absolutely hate women.
0: No. Um, Goodness, that would be an interesting conversation.
1: Have you always been one?
0: I don't think I thought about it. I don't think that I thought to label myself as such. I mean, I I always, um, it, it, it's kind of the same thing um in yoga class how so there's like the people at the front of the yoga class mm. and they all seem like they know what they're doing. You know what yeah. I mean? And they all seem like they're best friends. Huh. I mean, yes, they, they yes. Did you meet. Yes, and they, they they are the they are the real yoga yeah. practitioners and even though I've been practicing yoga for like eighteen years, I still think that they're like someone else is the more real than I am and it's the same thing with a, um, a feminist I think that I it wasn't in the conversation my mom didn't really talk to me about feminism interesting um and girls weren't that nice to me growing up yeah um I adored women growing up i mean i just thought that there were these the older girls and they just walked on water and yes, and yeah. you know and and i've always loved and appreciated women um and i also had this very sort of um hard-headed view that i was just as good as anybody else as a woman you know and it, like, as I got older, there was sort of this, like, boys club thing that yeah. I ran into in the music industry, and I was so confused by the industry and a bit lost, and all kinds of stuff was going on in my life, and then I started to feel smaller mm. and and left out and almost infantilized by it, and so then I definitely didn't feel much like a feminist, yeah. because I just felt... <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like one of those women that feminists were irritated with.
1: Even though that's almost exactly the point where you needed feminism most.
0: Yeah, I think there's definitely,
1: true. I had a lot, I think sometimes for young women, especially, it's almost like admitting you're a feminist is admitting admitting you're coming from a weaker point of power. Mm. Because you to say that you have to say women are in some ways disadvantaged and I think yeah. that can almost be a hard thing for people to say because you're like no I can do anything the boys can do
0: yeah it's frustrating that we have to have a, a name which which also has all of these, these connotations mm. um, you know of the past of people having certain views around feminists or that a feminist has to hate men or yeah you know like a feminist is just a bra burner or you know and and it's really so f- far from that it's mm. really about it, m- wanting to just be equal and to be treated with respect and and be paid equally and you know just like <laughs> just like really basic things um but yeah I, I feel like I, I still have a complicated relationship with it despite the fact that I I want to do more and more to empower women, to mm. connect with women, to um, help erase the stigma that we have around um, our relationships with our bodies and mental health and around femininity and around feeling good about your body and all mm. these things that, you know, they're just all these things that are seen as sort of weak or completely
1: do you think there was a moment when you started kind of embracing the word feminist
0: (laughs) when Uh, I started writing this article really oh my god that's so interesting (laughs) because I really hadn't thought about it I mean by that point I had been basically like kept alive in a certain way by the women in my life there was there was a point in time where I had such a had such a a a rough uh sequence of events um one thing after the other and i didn't know how to continue particularly Mm. and the women in my life showed up like i had never imagined anyone could and it it just like the love from these women just bolstered me up and I felt this sense of like a tribe, like a real tribe, a real community Mm. um, that I hadn't ever really let myself need. Yeah. But it had always been there, but I knew you needed it. And then, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, from that point on began to really (laughs) realize just how extraordinary it is to be a woman and how necessary that sisterhood is. Mm. Um, but yeah I don't I'd still felt funny about calling myself That's a so interesting
1: cuz I think the reason I so wanted you to write something for the book and to read what you had to say is cuz I'm we met a few years ago and to me you just seem like the epitome of someone that's so strong but also so able to be vulnerable mm. and kind of supportive and loving and as you said surrounded by these amazing women and you just felt like almost like this amazing big sister in that I could Mm. see how you you know sometimes you meet strong women but they don't seem vulnerable at all and you're like they're amazing but I could never be like them because I'm so soft and cry all the time and like and then I don't know to me you felt like the epitome of both but that's mad that you didn't properly think about it before but I do think a lot of people have trouble embracing that word it's almost like saying I'm beautiful. Like, I'm right. this. you have to yeah.
0: have quite a lot of confidence
1: to say, like, I'm a feminist.
0: Well, you are also the person that got me to call myself an activist <laughs> as well. <laughs> because prior to that, I had a hard time with that one too. I was like, well, other people are activists and I just do things. I and, do you know, so much. Um, but I guess it, it takes a certain amount of confidence mm. and also i like i do i do want to help um as I said in my piece, sort of build bridges in this new wave of feminism mm. that that extend a hand out to to men, yeah, you know um I have been to this is controversial, but whatever um I've been to because I go to a lot of like feminist type of events and things like that and and I went to one and you know I just I got kind of upset frankly because I felt like I was I was left out of the equation for them like I I being um you know feminine and I yeah. guess cis, cis femme yeah and I am I have a, a, a partner who's a man and and like I I felt left out I felt kind of guilty or strange mm. or like I was a an anomaly and I didn't like that because yeah I I feel like fragmenting in this day and age is like a very dangerous thing for us to do you I know I
1: completely agree and I think All this stuff can be really necessary and really amazing but it can also lead to us all being these tiny little groups Mm -hmm. of identities which is great but it can also i think lead to people feeling angry at each other and left out and and i think that is the way a lot of men feel and you know i think there's a lot of different opinions on this and some people think that's right that they should feel left out and it's like their time has come and you know even for us like for cis women like our time has come to feel excluded which is true in some ways but i think if we're looking at actually how do we progress this movement forward yeah if we're all feeling like we can't talk to each other that is gonna end up holding us back in some ways
0: yeah I mean there is no doubt that there is a lot to be angry about. Mm. There's no doubt that there has been a tremendous amount of unfairness and violence and and just a history that you can't i i don't know how you could begin to amend with the lgbtq mm. high, you know community like it, there's so much um and 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 with feminists and with women that have undergone continual persecution as women you know these are things that are that that deserve anger of course you know but then it's like how we use that anger to then propel us into change and and to use it to somehow rise above it and be bigger and start to include and educate yeah educate 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 And educate
1: men, especially educate boys. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I completely agree. Compassion, like really extend our compassion. Yeah. Um, and that is hard when you're mad, and like, and you have reason to be mad, and you know, yeah, it's tough. And sometimes I'll get into conversations where I, I start leaning a little too far. You know, I'm starting. I get a bit easygoing, and I'm like, oh, I just wish that we could be, you know. Like gentler in the conversation, and then the guy will say something, you know, that pushes me the wrong way, and I'm like, "Yeah, you have never been on a date (laughs) with a guy that you don't know who is bigger than you, and suddenly you feel unsafe." Like immediately, I start to go, "Like, just wait, just wait one second, just yeah," because I know you're getting comfortable and you're like you know, like it's still we have to come back around to that too, but yeah,
1: no, yeah, it's like we're a really it's like all women at the moment are like an angry toddler or something and our mom's like trying to be nice to us and we're like you don't understand what's going on like when i whenever i get there whenever kind of men try to do something small i'm like well you're saying that now but you know you didn't do that for
0: years and they're yeah. like oh come on but at the same time you know it, it is a really big eye-opening time mm. for men and like let men learn mm. like it's okay to learn if it's not if we create a culture where it's not okay to make a mistake where it's yeah. not okay to ask a question where it's not okay to have an open dialogue where men can ask questions that they they really aren't sure about which may be provocative to us but they like genuinely don't know like if mm. if that is not a safe culture then we are not going to move forward yeah which... I completely agree yeah and I think um, it's very interesting. I think it's easier.
1: Like I've had it a lot with my family members and with like my dad and my brother and mm-hmm. because I love them so much, it's very easy to be open and compassionate and explain things to them. And then I think sometimes I'm less like that with, you know, men I don't know or 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 men that I don't have that relationship with and it's almost like trying to think of everyone as your brothers or your dad and be like, yeah, they get things wrong, but we can explain.
0: Yeah, and think about like the way that people people have been raised and like households mm. that people have been raised in and and things that were just like done in a certain way you know yeah. and you know that they're so in like inbuilt that you have to kind of be like whoop, whoop! Yeah. see that, that thing there <laughs> that you just don't even think about like let's talk about that yeah let's talk about that 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 little bit of
1: factoids that you know. um your career has spanned both the music industry and the film and TV industry, well, film and TV. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you noticed big differences in the way that women are treated in those different industries?
0: Well, I... So the music industry was like the Wild West Mm -hmm. and that's where I encountered funky stuff. Yeah. Stuff that's not so great. Um, And I don't think that enough has been done... To address the music industry yeah. at all, um, it's much less regulated than the film and TV industry, and think of like all the stuff that's going on there. Yeah. Um, and, but my experience of that is like sort of 10 years old, and now I've started a record company with all women, so I don't <laughs> have a problem at all. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but
1: also, you were much younger when you were getting into that.
0: And yeah, that was, was a prime age for getting all of the sleaze buckets and all the things yeah and
1: i feel in music almost even more than in film it really is expected
0: it's just you know it's just this like you're very vulnerable yeah And there's a lot of time spent in close quarters with people and smaller, like in a film set, you know, a director might be being skeevy and like might pull you aside or whatever, but like a lot of it is much more like you're with a lot of people. It's harder to kind of have someone brought off, obviously like in, 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 meetings and mm. and meeting, you know that's when stuff gets quite shady but um at least in my I- experience um like sets are much more regulated yeah. um but studios are not and um there are lots of meetings and parties and mm. late night things and it and and you know the music industry is Hard to get into, yeah, and it feels impossible until you're sort of like breaking through. Like it, there are so many people trying to make it, and it's so hard to get people to work with you. And yeah. you know, so like f- if you finally get someone to work with you, you're like, oh, thank goodness, someone wants to work with you. And then like if they start acting inappropriately, you yeah. know, you like try to manage it, but it's it, it shouldn't happen the way that it happens, but it happens to so it has happened to so many of my friends mm. and uh and would you talk
1: Did you feel able to talk to people about it at the time when things like that were happening
0: sort of um but it was met with like there were two situations going on in tandem one which was much oh one was very very gross and damaging and well they were both damaging but um one was, like, a little less physically present than the mm. other. And I didn't really know what to do about it. Yeah. I didn't. I thought I could handle it, and, like, I couldn't um, handle it very well. But I, I just the constant sort of pressure and... um the remarks and and just the way that I had to keep laughing. Yeah. I just kept laughing and going, okay, well, I'm sure your wife wouldn't like that. But anyway, so <sighs> can we talk about the, you know... But, yeah. but, but it was like literally every conversation, you know, like a, uh, um, a dodge. I became yeah. the artful dodger of sexually predatory remarks, you know. So
1: horrible. Uh, yeah. And I'm so sorry you went through that. And I think again that's something a lot of men don't realize is just i'm sure it almost became second nature like how to get around those things and yeah that's something that i think up until recently women have never talked about with each other is that like shared experience we have but we don't talk about of when people make inappropriate comments and you just Try it, you know. I've been in so many things where you just giggle and you're like, oh, "I'm sure that's not what he meant." And
0: yeah, because if that's what he meant, then this is going to be a really awkward situation. Yeah. And so let's just pretend you didn't just say that mm. like that, and we're going to move forward. And, and also, you yeah. always—at least me—I always
1: felt like some in some way my fault. Like of you course. feel like you're, you know, well, I really want something from him, yep. so no wonder he's doing that. Or you know, yeah. even I know it's a cliche, but like I was wearing this outfit, or I was, yeah you know and i think we're right we are starting to talk about it now and that's amazing but i i agree we aren't no one talks about it in music i mean
0: no it's i very, don't know why i yeah. mean although to be honest like it's a kind of shrinking industry and there mm-hmm. are like still some big players who still have power so yeah. i guess like you don't really want to mess with one of those i don't know i mean like i haven't named the people because there's like kids yeah involved um and also because like one guy's just such a narcissist i feel like he'd hear his voice his name and he'd like feel proud of himself like yeah. <laughs> um you know yeah i I would say for young women you know young young artists like i want I want you to know that you don't need to do anything that feels uncomfortable for you mm. to make, like your music is enough, and trust that and mm. if somebody is putting you in the position where they're making you feel like you, you know, your music is enough but you could, like, sweeten the deal or whatever mm. crap. Don't believe that that's the only way that it happens. There's a lot of good guys in the music industry mm. that that does not exist with. There's just some big creeps.
1: Um, and there's a lot of people like you now who are changing that because you went through it and now you're being able to, you know, be the person that you didn't have when you were getting in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I I hope that I can help, you know, mm. and, like, um if you're somebody that is considering working with someone that I worked with early in my career and they cite me as a reference, you might want to write me up and I'll let you know yeah. if maybe that's a safe person because there are plenty of safe people. I worked with some absolutely extraordinary, beautiful mm-hmm. men as well, like really beautiful, really safe Um wonderful men and that was very healing after Mm. that original experience it was very good and and have have not had any trouble since I think I can sniff it out now yeah but you know when you're young you just don't know yeah and that is what's normal
1: also they I think people would be be more intimidated by you now whereas
0: Oh yeah, okay, yeah, you know. yeah. They <laughs> so would, would, they would they'll have read your essay in the book, and they'll be like, "I'm never messing with her <laughs> yeah. Well, it is funny when sometimes, like at a party or something like that, uh, you know, because I look a bit younger than I am. And then if some <laughs> if some uh, some guy comes over with that particular brand of arrogance mm. and whatever, and thinks that he can use his power or yeah. whatever and it just that like it's really funny to just watch the that conversation just go down whip out your magic wand I, yeah I mean I don't want I don't I don't ever like to employ being like rude or sassy or anything mm. it's just more that I like at, I look them directly in the eye and I'm like oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah cool yeah great mm-hmm. and they're like oh uh <laughs> um i love this that. is confusing, yeah. confusing i am. this woman seems <laughs> so strong yeah do not comprehend yeah but don't like there's there everybody has gone down roads and like and you know needing something from someone like you said mm-hmm. earlier that's also complicated yeah. you know oh um, it's, yeah so to pivot a little bit mm-hmm. a
1: lot of you know, a lot of what's been happening within the Me Too movement just as an extension has been people talking about like the roles for women in films. And one of the first roles you got was in Fantastic Peace Mm. and your character is so strong and feminine and amazing and like such a kind of perfect embodiment of like everything I'd want to see in (laughs) a female character in a kind of film like that. Was that part of why you wanted to do the part so much? yeah
0: of course i mean um i think originally the role was written slightly differently Mm. um but the casting director fiona weir is this remarkable woman and she was describing her queenie to me as this like incredibly empathetic warm loving Mm. woman who was you know sort of seen by others as a beauty but had not a trace of vanity about it and she's just like this big open-hearted woman and I thought oh she sounds amazing and so I was playing her as an empath and I didn't really know what to do about the bombshell type of thing that was on the side and I was like whoop that's gonna have yeah I'm gonna need help with that I don't know what to do about that so I just like didn't even really try for that I just focused on her warmth and her joy and um you know the director and producer both David's they were like you know we really love what you're doing with her and just keep at it keep going and and there had been mentions earlier on the script of like people sort of treating her a little bit differently yeah and those sort of throughout the drafts just sort of disappeared yeah and and it was just a really lovely thing I mean I think you know in early drafts characters are developing and but it was really nice that I could be a part of that and that um Mm. that her heart does come first yeah and um I love playing her you play yeah. it. I
1: just think she. I love that she kind of uses her femininity as well.
0: Yeah, she has no <laughs> no yeah. problem with it, <laughs> which is something that I also ch- took as a challenge because me personally, I have all kinds of, because of what was going on in my, what was happening. In my 20s, I got very buttoned up. I got mm. very ashamed of my body. Yeah. I felt like my body was, um, like somehow dangerous. Like I was like a menace to society wow. or something. And so I, um, really kept myself very buttoned up. I dressed very, um, Androgynously a lot, which I like anyway, yeah. you know, I'm but I did some of the way that I dressed was really just out of shame about mm. my body. And then, you know, with her it was fun because I was like, Whoop, well, we need more cleavage, like <laughs> because they have to we have to do something about it. So I was like, Can I have some cutlets and can we have a corset? And you know, like let's have fun with That's it. So like fun. let's give her a shape that I don't have yeah. and let's and then let's have her not think about it for one second. And um, I love that. It really it was good for my soul. I was going to ask you that, actually, because
1: you this is a podcast so you can't see, but you're wearing a really amazing um, <laughs> red Tartanite jumper with a fish on and <laughs> no makeup. And you look amazing. But every time I see you, you're kind of in jeans and you're very low key and in the, in the way that you dress. Mm-hmm. Very stylish, but very... never wear makeup when i see you anyway
0: yeah Um, i just came from therapy so that was extra important to not wear too
1: much um and then i see you on red carpets and you look like a kind of fairy princess (laughs) amazing person do you think you feel more comfortable now do you like that dressing up part of your job because it is a part of your job now like to dress up yes do you enjoy it or has it been hard to kind of get back into that after you said you kind of shut buttoned everything off
0: well the 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 great gift in that was um coming together with leith clark my Mm. stylist um because leith is a definite feminist she is all the things she is uh warm and sensitive and fierce and and knows exactly what she's doing and cares and wants to know what's going on and she cares about the environment and she's just very passionate and i feel safe Mm. with her and i don't feel like she's dressing me to be some hollywood doll that i'm not you know and um yeah i'm starting to ease into liking it more you know and like not feeling like I'm betraying some nerd part of myself by, like, you know, dressing in something wonderful. And, and, and I think there's also something nice, you know, like, I'm being more open in general about who I am and what I go through. And, and then I think it's nice to, for people to see me in that State as well, you know, like a bit more free, I guess.
1: Completely. I think it's really nice and also, you know, successful and happy and to know that you can go through hard stuff but still have that part of you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not all, I mean, sometimes it's lying in bed crying and, you know, like, mess and then sometimes it's pulling it together and going out on the red carpet and shaking people's hands Mm. and smiling and and like even if I'm nervous like finding a calm place within myself Mm. and getting kind of still and you know and trying to be as present for those moments Mm. as I can I love that
1: yeah um so why after I emailed you to ask you to write in the book and you realized you're a feminist um (laughs) why did you choose to write what you wrote
0: Well, as you know, I wrote like an entire article and then I uh, and then I kind of rewrote it.
1: (laughs) That's amazing. uh,
0: Right. Thank you. Right before your deadline. I just want to be real and level and not pretend that I'm not something Mm. other than what I am. And I also want to just in everything that I do, like extend my arms open to bring people And I think pretending like I have all the answers, which was like I had an earlier draft where I was like much more like acting like I (laughs) I knew what I was doing. And I was like, that's that's not going to fly. Just suggesting things. But also, I mean, this this book, at least as I understand it, is for young women to kind of like see different versions of feminism right and see themselves in these different stories and i just i think it's most important that that young women create a new feminism and Mm. and um and and, your own feminism and your own feminism and don't be ashamed if if it doesn't look what it looks like on your instagram feed or something like that you know like tap into what's true for you and Mine is like a, like a diplomatic feminism is the way that I want to go about it just because I have so many incredible male friends and I want, I want those male friends to feel empowered to Mm -hmm. like be good examples for other men and i want men who are good men and their hearts but stupid in their actions to be able to learn how to (laughs) how to act better and not feel shamed like that's i don't know that that's where i was coming from anyway but i didn't really know what i was doing when i wrote this i just wrote (laughs) whatever
1: (laughs) came to mind i think that's what's amazing about it because i think with all of this, no one knows
0: exactly what they're doing. You
1: know, there isn't yeah. like a handbook. There isn't a plan that you should be following.
0: Yeah. Um, this is the I handbook just, oh. of unhandbooking. Yeah, has, like, the messy handbook. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, okay, so my final question is, what is one lie you think you've been told about what it means to be a woman?
0: Oh, it's funny because I've seen you ask that question to other women and I never, <laughs> ever answer it myself. Like I've gotten conflicting stories Mm. about what it means to be a woman. So I can't really tell this without saying like sort of two things, Mm. which is like I've been told by Disney movies and stuff that you as growing up that like you're waiting for your prince to come rescue you. Right. And then also, no, that's wrong. And you need to go it alone and like yeah, like don't wait for some prince like be whole and like like you don't need somebody and both of those things resulted in like a sort of <laughs> stymied you know like yeah. they're, they're just at a standstill where is happiness in the midst of that and like as a woman i I felt like I had to be strong like a man, yeah and that if I were soft and feminine like I am naturally, Mm. that that was somehow weak and that was like the girl in the fairy tale waiting for the prince to come Mm. and save me. So I had to somehow be tougher than that. But that wasn't really the way that my strength actually works. So I, for very many years, didn't actually know how to be strong in my own skin mm-hmm. and like how there is a strength in in a certain kind of receptiveness and softness. Yeah. And that there is this, a beauty in it and it and it doesn't mean like abandoning yourself for something else or for some idea or but but it is okay. It is okay to need help. It is okay to be held. It is okay does not make you not strong and to
1: help others and
0: to help others yeah absolutely and in the same way of helping others that you can be nurturing and soft and you can also lose your temper if it happens and you can you know but like I guess the biggest lie really is that like being a woman is like either one thing or it's one this one other thing and if if you don't fall in either then you're in no no man's land or woman's land and it's like actually that is the space where you can be anything and and you can be a contradiction and that's okay i love that so much (laughs) that's a perfect way to end um thank you so much for being you and coming on our podcast
1: and writing your amazing
0: piece in the book Thank you so much for making me an activist and a feminist.
1: (laughs) It it was
0: like a fairy story. It was in you all along. I just shone the light. (laughs) Okay, bye. Goodbye.
1: Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If you've enjoyed it, or even if you didn't, we'd love to hear from you. So make sure you subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Feminists Don't Wear Pink and Other Lies, published by Penguin Random House, is available to buy now via the link in the description of this episode. All of the royalties from each book sold go to the amazing UN organisation Girl Up, who is supporting girls across the world. For more information and to join our gang, please follow us on Instagram at atfeminists. Thank you so much to Audio Boom for helping us get it out there and to the wonderful pink feminists who've joined us as guests. Hello, Alison. Oh, gosh. What's that? that? It's an alarm. It's an alarm. Making sure you're awake. Making sure we're starting. (laughs) Um, We can start. Hello, Alison. (laughs) Nice to see you. Nice to see you as well, Skylar.